Sometimes you hear stories about churches that are kind of set in their ways and, you know, not willing to change and there seems to be, you know, conflict. Uh, but Living Grace is a, has been very gracious and it's a great church to, to learn and to grow together in, in, in those things that we were just uh, talking about. Hello and welcome to UB Now. My name is Brian Biedenbach. I'm the Communications Director at the United Brethren National Office. And this is a project designed to connect and resource our pastors and leaders across the country by sharing stories of what's happening in our UB churches right now. And today I'm talking to Jason Holliday, who is the pastor of Living Grace Community Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Jason and I go way back. We've served together. Uh, this is our second church that we served together at, and uh, been good friends for a long time. I could tell you a lot about his story from what from my perspective and what I know, but I'm going to invite him to share it from his perspective today. So, Jason, welcome to UB Now. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Good to be here. This is the first one we've done. I've done in person, face to face. We've done uh, several other interviews that we've gone through Riverside and done a video interview. So. Today, um, we kind of threw some equipment together uh, and made this happen face-to-face, so we're going to see how this goes. Yeah, it's a, be a fun time. It's always better to be face-to-face when you have the right stuff for it. Right. right. So, yeah, we're scrambling a little bit today. Uh, so, glad to have you actually here in the office recording. Tell us a little bit of your uh, of who you are. Tell maybe a little bit about your family, uh, what's going on in your life right now. All right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm married to Christy. We've been married for uh, 24 years, just celebrated our 24th anniversary at the beginning of October. And uh, we have two children. Max is a freshman in college. He's at Indiana Wesleyan University. So it's been interesting trying to uh, navigate the first child going off to college, as as you know. Yeah. You have, you're in the same boat. And Max is swinging a tennis racket at IWU. Yeah, he's on the tennis team. So that's that's fun. Uh, trying to navigate sports and schoolwork and social life and all that stuff. Yep. And our daughter Macy is a junior in high school. She's involved in show choir, and uh, that's been fun. And their season's getting ready to. They're in rehearsal pretty seriously at this point, aren't they? Yeah, rehearsals. Uh, that'll that'll pick up uh, a lot more heading into the the, the winter months, and the, the season really begins at the. In January. Yeah, that's right. That's competition season starts yep. January. Yeah, but they're rehearsing from the from day one, right? Yeah. When they get to school, they're right. starting their songs and yeah. Okay, that's a commitment. It sure is. Yeah, but she's she's driving now, which is real helpful to us. <laughs> we don't goodness. have to pick her up after each <laughs> rehearsal and after each competition and all that. So that's that's definitely helpful. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, as, as you know, we've got kids the same age. My oldest two are the same age as your, your two. And then I've got one that just started high school. And so we're carting him around a little bit, but he's now developing a social life and reaching out to his friends for his rides. And so that's really helpful as a parent, isn't it, when your kids get to that age? Yeah, it sure is. So we didn't come to, I, we love talking family and our family spent a lot of time together. We don't need to keep talking about that, but I'm curious um, about your journey into ministry. Um, I th- these are the stories we've been telling on this this podcast is, you know, how how you, a little bit of your story, how you came to faith, and then what led you from that point into into the ministry, and then we'll talk more specifically about your ministry at Living Grace. Yeah, well, I uh, grew up in a Christian home, 
And uh, so, you know, from the earliest age that I can remember, we just were in the church, you know, uh, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. So I was immersed in that. I also attended a Christian school. And so I, you know, put my trust in Christ at an early age. Uh, and and then it was my high school years where I actually felt God calling me to, to ministry, some form of ministry. I wasn't sure of the specifics of that. I didn't necessarily feel a call to be a, a senior pastor or a lead pastor. I just knew I wanted to serve in ministry in some degree. So, um, you know, that actually led me to various uh, opportunities. I I served in, in a music ministry where we traveled around the country for a while, and that was really a, a passion of mine to to sing. And we uh, served in in churches all over the country. And, and a was, lot of a lot of people would remember that group that you sang with. One generation, you were probably in many of their churches. Yeah, right? we we sang in a lot of United Brethren churches and camps and conferences around the country. So that was that was good. That was fun. Um, uh, also was in youth ministry for a while at a smaller church and. And then served uh, in children's ministry and family ministry and did some uh, worship leading and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I felt that was uh, a, good, a good way to experience, mari- uh, experience uh, ministry in, in, in various forms in, in the local church. Yeah. And so now, um, just to be clear, One Generation does exclusively youth retreats. Is that? No, oh, yeah, guys... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Those uh, those, youth those teenagers love that rock and acapella music. <laughs> we were invited to some uh, youth retreats over the years, yeah. and we were always uh, nervous about those. But they did they go well? They they went well, and yeah. I think it was because we were able to hang out with the the uh, teenagers, you know, afterwards and stuff, and get to know them a little yeah. bit. And maybe it's a case of a youth pastor or volunteer knowing their audience and knowing what they like. And maybe that's what you guys, that's what they like to listen to, right? Everybody loves pentatonics, right? Yeah. That's all acapella. It's cool music. Yeah. People listen to it. Students love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, since high school, you started feeling a call and you were trying to discern. You've served in a couple different places and you landed eventually at Emmanuel Community Church in a... uh, Initially, was it a children's ministry role? Yeah. I can't remember. Yep, children's ministry uh, that expanded to family ministry, where I oversaw birth through college age ministries. And then my last three years there, I was there for fourteen years total. But my last three, I was one of the worship leaders. Okay, and leading one of the services exclusively, or were you bouncing around? Mostly one of the one of the services. I, I mostly led in the family life center, uh, but. We switched off and on. Yeah. Um, and then, so from there, you stepped into a lead pastor role at Living Grace Community Church, which is a very different church than Emmanuel Community Church in size, in structure. Um, it's, in a, it's still in Fort Wayne, but a different part of town. Um, the culture of that side of town is similar to you know, the culture in Southwest Fort Wayne, but not exactly the same, right? Yeah. Um, what was that transition like, in, or that that period of discernment, like moving from your worship role at uh, Emmanuel to your lead pastor role at Living Grace? Yeah, well, for a while, uh, several years, even before I moved to Living Grace, I was wrestling with the the idea of going into the, you know, senior pastor ministry or a lead pastor role. Just, I felt God calling me towards that, but I 
I knew that it um, it might be difficult, and I I knew that uh, it would be a quite a different transition. Uh, but I really felt like God was leading me in that direction, and I really wanted to be a part of a smaller church that would uh, allow me room to. Uh, take a church and wrestle with new ways of doing ministry. Uh, could We could wrestle together with, you know, how the church can engage culture. Um, what actually is church? What actually is making disciples? What does that really look like? And and I think in a, in a smaller church context, it allows you to, it allows you room to, to wrestle with some of those questions. And I wanted to be a part of a, a you know a smaller church that would allow for those types of uh, questions. Yeah. So, um, when I, and I know some of the story too. So, uh, if I'm over, if I'm sharing more than what you're saying, let me know. But what I'm hearing you say is that it was a you were looking for a church that wanted to explore something different. Um, they wanted a, a pastor that was going to lead. Um, and maybe some new ways, but you were looking for a place where you could kind of spread your wings a little bit and stretch and grow and try some things that, um, not that you couldn't in a larger church, but it was, there's just other structures and systems in place and other ministries that um, you've got to be aware of in a larger church, right? So in a smaller church as a lead pastor, you can experiment a little bit, for lack of a better word. I don't think experimenting is the right word, but try some new things and uh, just dig into, uh, you know, the early church, right? What did it look like and what does that look like now in a smaller church that feels maybe a little bit more like a a first century small group of people trying to figure life out? Right. Yeah. And Living Grace is a perfect setting for that. I know sometimes... Sometimes you hear stories about churches that are kind of set in their ways and, you know, not willing to change and there seems to be, you know, conflict, uh, but Living Grace is a, has been very gracious and it's a great church to, to learn and to grow together in, in, in those things that we were just uh, talking about. Yeah. So what are some of the specifics as you like stepped in and talk about some of the things that you were wanting to try, wanting to do, maybe some of the one or two of the things you were wrestling with that you thought, man, if we could try something different in this area, what would it look like and what would it be? Well, the, the first thing that I, I mentioned to them that, you know, so the church is Living Grace Community Church. And I think the word community is a really important word. And I said, you know, I want us to I want us to really hone in on this idea of community in a couple of different ways. The first one is that I really feel like the church needs to be a community, uh, you know, the this fellowship, this koinonia from, from the book of Acts, the koinonia that we see in the New Testament. We need to be a community of believers that are... are um, challenging and encouraging and, you know, all the one another's that we see in the New Testament. Uh, we're, you know, helping one another uh, on personal levels follow Jesus more closely and more faithfully. And so that that word community, like truly be a, a family, a community together. And then also the other uh, side of community is, is I really want us to strive to be outside the church walls into the community. And that, you know, whenever we 
you know, gather to study the word, you know, we're we're learning about, you know, what God has been up to throughout history. You know, we discover that in the word and through the word and um and as we read the word, we're invited to participate in what God has been up to. And so participating in what he's up to and his mission is is getting outside of the walls of the church into our community and serving our community and loving our community. And so, um, you know, that's uh, some of the things that I wanted us to work towards. Yeah. And now th- this is your fifth year or you're starting your sixth year? I can't remember. Uh, but about five and a half years. Yeah. Five and a half years you've been at Living Grace now. And our family moved up there to attend after your first year. Uh, we were still yeah. serving in some some roles at, at Emmanuel where we were attending at the time still. And uh, so we've been there the last four and a half years, I guess. And so we've seen a lot of this movement. We've been part of a lot of this uh, movement and growth at the church. Uh, but from your perspective, though, what are what are you seeing now that you were hoping to see five and a half years ago that you're starting to see gain traction now? Well, the main thing is with our community groups. We That's our main, our main focus, community groups. And this is this is the way we make disciples. This is the way we help one another follow Jesus is through our community groups. We don't have a lot of other programming. Uh, we just uh, we just have uh, these community groups, and our community groups uh, they grow and you know we encourage our groups to grow in three different ways: uh, in His Word, with His people, and on His mission. And so, um, each group is encouraged and challenged to grow in these three ways together. And you know, obviously. No group is is perfect, and we're all learning and growing in, in this. But but we're really seeing traction in how many people are participating in these community groups at at Living Grace. More people are being invited to to join community groups. More community groups are being started, and um, it's really starting to to gain traction. Yeah, and I know that's been a. a desire of yours for everyone in the church to be part of one of these community groups. What are, for those that are listening that may be trying to move in that direction too, uh, what are some intentional steps that you've taken as a leader to to move us that way? Well, I think the first first thing is to talk about it a lot. I think sometimes I feel like I talk about it too much, mm-hmm. but it's never too much because... Uh, we tend to forget. So uh, always bringing it to the forefront of people's minds that our our main avenue of ministry, our main avenue of disciple disciple making at Living Grace is through community groups, and uh, putting that you know on the minds of the people almost on a weekly basis. Um, also, uh, you know we have. Well, you've been a part of this. We've created videos where we've had uh, testimony, video testimonies that we've shown to the congregation of of how people are are growing in community and what they're experiencing in their community groups and how they're learning to to follow Jesus more faithfully into their community. And uh, so we've been able to, to to interview people and and show those videos in our in our Sunday morning services. The other thing that I I think about is um. You know, trying to continually remind people that Sunday mornings, uh, the Sunday morning worship service isn't the main event. Like we, we sometimes treat it as the main event, but it's really 
Monday through Saturday, that is the the main event when it comes to making disciples. It's the the everyday life context that people are in, and so just continually putting that on um, on the minds of of the, the people at Living Grace. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, you know you do say you talk about it a lot. You do, and I think you need to. Uh, you know, you hear as far as communication principles. I've been told that you know someone doesn't act on something until they hear it seven or eight times. Uh, and yeah. it finally starts to sink in like, oh, maybe this is important. And by seven or eight times, you're frustrated thinking, I've talked about this for two months now and nobody's getting it, right? And so uh, keep it up, keep it up, it's working. One of the things, I'll just jump in because I don't always have the opportunity to share something I'm excited about in my church because you're my pastor that I'm interviewing for the first time on this podcast. One of the things I was most excited about is we had a, a leader on our team that really had a passion for, he was really growing and saw a lot of uh, traction within his community group. And he really, he was a champion for it, right? He wanted to see so many more people be part of these community groups. So he put together this night, this community group night with some help from our, our leadership team, but he really took took the um, ownership of this night and put it together. And we uh, rented out a space at a park. He catered dinner. Uh, so we had Shigs and Pit barbecue there for everyone, which was delicious, uh, and just invited everybody. Come, let's talk about what's happening in your community group. And if you're interested and curious about what happens in community groups, we would love to see you there that night as well. And the thing that I tell you that kind of whole backstory, because when you started at Living Grace with this vision for disciple making through small group, community groups, there were on average, how many people on a Sunday morning coming to worship? Uh, in the 50s. Okay. So in the 50s, I remember being there, there was a couple Sundays, it was high 30s, low 40s yeah, when I first sometimes. started attending. Yep. It depended on the time of the year. And that night, we had 55 people show up that were all plugged into community groups and one or two that weren't, that were looking. Yeah. But most everybody there, 55 people, if you had 55 people on average even when you started at Living Grace. And now we have 55 people plugged into community groups that some aren't even a part of our church. Yeah. And we have more people coming on Sunday mornings because of the community they're experienced, because of what's carrying over from these groups has been fantastic. I've been really excited about that. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a great night and an opportunity to, uh, to share. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a highlight for sure. Yeah, to see that vision after... I, I just know you and I talk about this a lot. After years of just kind of talking through this vision and how do we do this and how do we get people plugged in to see, oh, I didn't realize how many people actually were plugged into these groups because I'm not a part of all of them. I'm a part of one. Uh, and I and to see everybody there and hear stories of what's happening and how their lives have been impacted by the community they've experienced in this group and what, what the Lord's doing in the midst of them was, was beautiful. That was fun to listen to. Yeah, for sure. For you, though... What does it look like for you outside of preaching messages and outside of leading worship and being part of a community group? Uh, how have you lived this out? Well, it's definitely a challenge when there are a lot of things to, to do each week and you've got Sunday coming. Sunday's right, always right around the corner. So it definitely is a challenge, but I've had to realize that if I 
want people to understand that Sunday morning isn't necessarily the main event, but uh, Monday through Saturday is the is the main event. Life uh, is the main event, uh, and discipleship is supposed to be happening. That I have to model that for them, and so you know, making sure I'm not just always shut in my office planning, you know, sermons and worship services all week, but I'm actually, you know, getting out and being with people uh, one-on-one and in smaller groups and, and discipleship contexts. That's something that I need to, to model. Yeah. And I, as one who's observed that, I feel like you've done a really great job of that as far as serving at the elementary school on a weekly basis, um, the way you take time out of the office to meet with people that just reach out through a service that we're connected to uh, that just needs someone to talk to the way you've made yourself available. Um, and how a few of those people have begun to call Living Grace their home church now yeah. because of that time. So I know it's easy uh, as one who served in youth ministry a long time, it's easy for me to sit behind my desk and plan events and messages and uh, and all of that, but it's it's really difficult, but probably way more important to prioritize that time outside with with the people that you're you're leading and people in your community. So I feel like you've done a really great job of that. So yeah. thank you for leading in that way as a member of your church. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, Jason, I wanna I wanna wrap up. I've been asking everybody the same three questions. Uh, and I didn't prepare you for these questions. So uh, just the things that the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you. So question number one is someone who's been influential in your life. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I would, I would say, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, suck up to the person that's, uh, actually interviewing me on this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> you really have been influential, uh, it, you know, in, in, uh, wrestling with some of these things together. You're the, you're the one that I, that I, you know, trust the most when it comes to church and ministry and the things that I'm dealing with. So I, I don't know, I'd say, uh, Brian Biedenbach's a, a, a good one. I don't know if you were expecting to hear that, but I wasn't, but that's the right said, answer. You, that's what I was hoping for. You said, <laughs> you said the first person that pops into my mind. So <laughs> that's just because I'm sitting across the table from you. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, good answer. Okay. I, I'm okay. humbled yeah. and honored by that answer. Thank you for that. And I would echo the same same sentiment. It's fun wrestling through a lot of these questions with you and re- it's reshaped my thinking as far as disciple making. So question number two is something that you hope to accomplish in the next year, personally, ministry-wise, whatever, something you hope to accomplish in the next year. Wow. Um, man, these are, these are not easy questions. <laughs> I didn't say they're easy. I just said there's the same ones I asked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, I would say we've been talking about this for a while, but forming a team at our church, a creative team that actually can help shape and plan our worship services, um, in creative ways and all, and also forming maybe a, a, a preaching teaching team uh, to actually um, I don't know so I'm not having to preach you know the majority of Sundays that there's a, a and, and I know you do that a lot um, but there might be others that we can 
we can think creatively on how to shape our worship services so that that allows more time, uh, you know, outside of the office to to for ministry's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And then question number three, and this is the last one: somewhere you go to find rest. Somewhere I go to find rest. I would. I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, but I'm not I... looking for any answer. <laughs> but if it's me, it's the right one. <laughs> no, maybe not for this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoy running. I go out for a run, and that you know, for some that doesn't sound like rest, but that actually uh, is a good a good uh, escape. Uh, I I just enjoy, especially when it's sunny out, just getting out and and running and. Um, enjoying some exercise and that, I don't know, I think that obviously contributes to my physical health, but my emotional health as, as well, and ultimately my spiritual health. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Jason, thanks for being here um, physically in the studio recording this episode of UB Now. It's Again, it's always fun talking with you. Uh, we wrestle through these, th- these things on a weekly, sometimes daily basis, yep. you and I in these conversations, so it's fun to actually have it in front of a microphone for others to be a part of and listen. I hope it stirs some things for others that maybe want to reach out to you and uh, hear more of the story of what's happening in your life and in the life of our congregation at Living Grace. Yeah, for sure. I always enjoy the conversations. Thanks, Brian. 